Uh, Lauren, do you remember the first record you bought with your own money? Uh, Avril Lavigne. Oh, come obsessed. on with it. Really? I was a little punk kid. Like, I had the spike belts. All my friends were skateboarders. That was the scene I was in when I was a kid. All Blink-182. Yeah, Avril Lavigne was my first record I ever purchased, and I was hooked. She's so Very great, though. She's great. But I was not ready for Avril Lavigne and Blink-182. So... We're here today on Behind the Tunes with Lauren Daigle. Learn all about her at laurendaigle.com. We're here live from the Visible Music College Studios. Lauren, thanks so much for hanging out today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, now listen, you're driving down the road, right? Well, you're not driving for those who are I'm listening. Just in case any <laughs> cops are listening, we're not trying to get anybody in trouble. She is riding down the road. So if you guys hear just a, uh, you know, horn tonking and things like that, it just means that uh, I'm the witness to a, me. I'm the witness to a new uh, to a crime <laughs> or a, a wreck. I got to go somewhere and and uh, testify. Now, Lauren, we were talking about this a little bit a minute ago. You're a Louisianan by birth. Is that true? That is so true. Louisiana, born and raised. And here's the deal. Memphis, they've got a little bit of that Louisiana sauce. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we grew up, my very, one of the very first auditions I ever had was in Memphis. And I feel like the music in Memphis, the culture in Memphis, a lot of it reminds me of being back home in Louisiana. We have really rootsy people, the music there. We have a lot of soul, a lot of blues. Um, and I feel like we're kind of, we hold each other's hands, you know? We got the jazz. It's the best. I love it. I was thinking about that this morning because it is true because kind of Memphis is kind of its own little world, even in the state of Tennessee. It's like there's mm -hmm. Tennessee and then there's Memphis down here in this yes. corner. And it's kind of rough around the edges and it's uh, got a little, but it's got a lot of character, just like you Louisianans. Now I was I'll reading up. Yeah, that's right. I was reading up on some stuff. So I think you spent some time in Lake Charles as well as Lafayette growing up. Is that right? I got that right? Correct. Okay, so I was born in Lake Charles, but we moved right after I was born. So I know nothing about Lake Charles. I think in my entire life, I think I may have been to Lake Charles three times. Like I don't really know Lake Charles, but I do know my sister's best friends are from there. <laughs> um, <laughs> But so I grew up, I moved to Baton Rouge uh, right after I was born. And then when I was seven, I moved to Lafayette. And Lafayette, it really sculpted the music side of me. Um, it's a very, it's a hippie little town. And I didn't necessarily know that at the time until I left. But everybody has something to do with music there, something to do with art. Um, people are just really really passionate about the culture the heritage the french my my grandfather grew up he could only speak french growing up and so uh you've got this generational thing there where your mom and dad played the washboard growing up and then they taught you how to play the accordion and there's a lot of zydeco music and we grew up dancing my grandfather would put us on his feet and be like if you're gonna live in this household you're gonna learn how to dance and so it's a very culturally rich um artistic community that i grew up in and then fast forward i ended up going to lsu so i'm a little bit of a melting pot when it comes to the state of louisiana 
So I was, it's funny the things that you hit on right there, because I was reading up on Lafayette. It was talking about dancing, right? It was a huge, a huge thing there. French, obviously, is a huge thing there. And then the music as well, because they have now, listen, I am, I'm in Memphis, but I live right across the line in Mississippi, in Mississippi. Yep. And so the thing, we have a place not far from us called Lafayette County. And we call well called Lafayette County, but we call it Lafayette, right? Because we're Mississippians. But <laughs> here's the thing: I was reading up, and it talked about all these different things, and something about Lake Charles that you may be grateful for. Is this the third most humid um, city in the country? Well, okay. but here's but here's the fun fact with it is. You know who else is just above that? Who? It, Astoria, Oregon. Does that mean anything to you? Astoria, Oregon? Uh-huh. Like to that's just above in humidity? Yes. Does Astoria, okay. Oregon mean anything to you? It does mean something to me, but I don't know if it means to me what it means what you're going with. Goonies. The movie Goonies yes. was recorded okay. in Astoria. Yes. And I grew up watching the Goonies. My si it was like my sister's favorite show, so we'd watch it all the time, that movie. And so they're basically. little rugrats. They're little <laughs> rascals, which we were as kids. So I love that. So too funny. Okay, the, the thing I got I got sidetracked on, sorry, because I got this thing about Astoria, is there's a music festival in Lafayette yeah. called Festival International Day. What Do you know what it is? Louisiana, yeah. Okay, oh. I was like, how do I pronounce it? And, it, and, and the, the thing life. I read said it's the best music festival in the world. Yeah, I would, I would, I look. Of course, I'm biased. I grew up there. I grew up going to that festival. That festival was actually kind of the marking, if you will, of me doing music. Like I remember very, very specifically this one encounter I had. Okay, so I grew up. My parents. They, they were all about letting us go to festivals and taking us and, you know, they, they loved it. We grew up in a community that was, was safe and fun and all the things. So um, I remember this one time, one year I was at uh, Festival International and Mark Broussard was playing. And if you know anything about Mark Broussard, he, I feel like he's straight out of Memphis too. Cause that rasp and that soul. And, um, I remember being in the crowd and he had this group with them called Shikamin. And they were from, uh, from Canadian, they were Canadian French. They were from Canada and they were singing these harmonies that were like mind bending. I just remember thinking, Oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. And I stood in that audience in tears, not like, like the music was moving me, of course, but tears just started pouring down my face and that was one of the first times ever in my life that I knew I will do music. I will do music. I don't know what it is in me that is so drawn to this, but it was almost like God was coming down and like sealing the deal. You know, it was just this really like powerful moment in the middle of a festival with a hundred thousand people. It's the largest free festival in I know in the United States, but I, it might be in the world. There's over 100,000 people. That That's crazy. Holy it's, cow. It's incredible. It's so, incredible. 
So you actually, you, you answered a question for me already when you were saying it was there at that festival in that moment where you're like, this is what I want to do. How old were you then? I think I was 12. I might have been like 12 or 13. And yeah, it's funny because I had a lot of these kind of moments through my life. My family used to call it the laugh cry. And what I now know is that God was just talking to me. At the time, I didn't really know what was going on. But I would start busting out laughing, but bawling my eyes out. I would I would be crying and look at my parents and be like, I don't know what's <laughs> going on. But it was like this wave of um, emotion with so much clarity, though. I remember sitting there and saying, I will not. I will be on the quest of my life. Not in the sense of, I'm going to beat this thing down until I do it. Not that type of quest. The quest of... There's so much joy to be found, and I cannot wait to see what unfolds. Like, mm. I just genuinely can't wait. Like, I'm on the edge of my seat for this, yeah, unfolding, this revealing in my life. And I feel like that is what music has been for me. It's been this wild journey of writing songs and meeting people that I never thought I would get to meet. And um, and I'm not talking famous people. I'm talking people in the audience that come and share their stories. I that I never knew in life that I would have the privilege of, of encountering and interacting with. Like yesterday we did this, um, this thing at a radio station. And I remember this, this woman walked up and she had her eyes were, were swollen and uh, she had started to tell me her story. And I thought maybe her eyes were swollen from crying or something, but they weren't. She was, uh, she's in renal failure and hearing her story so clear and how like music has interacted with her story so profoundly. Those are those moments that you're like, as a 13 year old sitting in the middle of a festival, it's almost like I could feel the weight of her story on my chest in that moment. But I was just waiting for time to catch up to what all was about to take place. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, it does because I'm convinced when I read scripture, um, where it talks about, you know, God knit us together in our mother's, in our mother's womb, all this. Thing. And we read that. We talk about that. But in yes. verse 16 of that same past of that same chapter, it talks about how the days were formed for us when as yet there were none of them. And so he designs us. Then he designs these days around that. And so I, no, I think you're spot on. We're really life is unfolding if we'll just open our eyes long enough to see what God's doing all around us. Yes, I fully agree. That's why in that moment when I, I call it like the Holy Spirit download, okay? And I grew up we grew up not charismatic, but I think my <laughs> life became pretty charismatic from these encounters. Like it just it was what it was. But there's this divine thing that happens i always cling to this verse it's proverbs 16 9 and it says man may choose his path but the lord directs his steps mm -hmm. and that's the thing about the time like in your mother's womb that passage that you just talked about in verse 16 like the time has to catch up to what he has already positioned mm -hmm. our lives for. That's good. you know and it's it's really special when you can get on the forefront and see what god has in store it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to give you every single detail, but if he is planning our steps, we might see the path at hand, but it's when he comes and interacts with every single step along the way. It really allows you to trust. Like you mm -hmm. start to step into this place where you're like, 
okay, I can trust that the weight of all of this is not in my hands, in my hands only, because that's the part that gets, I used to get super concerned. And um, like, I remember, because I know there's a lot of college people, but I remember being in college. I left, um, I did American Idol for a while. It didn't work out. And it was the best. I took a gap year and then went to college, went to LSU. And I remember being there and praying like, God, I, I know that I'm supposed to do music from what you showed me. If I was experiencing a fairy tale dream, that is never what you had in store for me. Sever that in my heart because I, I need you to cut away something that isn't what you have for me. Like, just cut it away. But if it is what you have, like, start to show me, start to open doors, start to, like, lead me down the path that I'm supposed to because otherwise I don't want to I don't want to be trying for something that you're not lining up mm-hmm. and when I read that verse Proverbs 16 9 man may choose his path the Lord directs his steps it allowed me to take in college when I was in this just it felt like a gigantic wrestle like a wrestle that was beyond my capacity of trying to plan my future, right? There's this whole thing of what if I choose the wrong major? What if I'm in the, what if I'm like in this conundrum? And when I sat back and I allowed God to say, Lauren, you, you can't actually fail if I'm in front. Like it, it, it's impossible. Like I will guide your steps. I will um, bring you through whatever you need to go through in order to be refined and get the best result. And so for any college student listening that's like, I'm wrestling. I don't know if I've decided the right thing. I was a child and family studies major, and I love it. Like, still to this day, I I find myself really drawn to the things that I was actually studying in college. So I wanted to do – I wanted to go to law school um, and do pro bono law for traffic victims, for children, or for children abuse victims, and um, child abuse victims. And I remember – saying, I would love to be a counselor for them, be able to represent them in a court of law. Like that was my mm-hmm. mindset. And while I was there, I was in this cover band and we play all hours of the night. So much fun covers from all generations and decades. It was just a blast. And I remember, um, they introduced me to this band and I got, they asked me to sing background vocals for this band. And I said, yeah, sure. On the record. Well, fast forward this record label reached out to them and said, Hey, we noticed some traction y'all are having. Would you be interested in coming to this indie artist retreat? And this was right around the time I was praying that prayer. God, if this is not what you want, sever this in me. Cause I'm over waiting on a dream that you gave me when I was a kid. Like it's been a long time. Like help me out, you know? And, um, waiting is such a beautiful, it's a, that's a beautiful thing. So, but anyway, so here I am. I'm like, God, Sever this thing. I get asked to be in this band uh, to sing background vocals. This record label reaches out to them and says, oh, by the way, we have one more spot that's open because someone had to back out at the last second. Would you like your background vocals to just come up and she could come up as a solo artist or something? So I, like I said, from Louisiana, everything, I didn't know anything about mountains or nothing. And I remember I was in, um, they were asking us to come. It was in the Cascade Mountains. It was breathtaking and i said a free trip to the mountains sign me up well i didn't know that this was to get signed or anything so i ended up uh 
going up there just thinking, I'll just sing background vocals. We'll call it a day. Well, the lead singer of that band ended up getting an emergency appendectomy the morning of the showcase. And they asked me to sing lead for one song. And that's how I got signed. And so I dropped out of college and signed a record deal and then jetted off to Nashville. <laughs> so that's crazy. I went from going to be a lawyer to being a singer. And that's, that is the wild goose chase of what can happen when God orchestrates your steps. You know, it's, it's actually really exhilarating. It's really fun. And he's way more trustworthy uh, than my plans for myself, if you will. Man, we're here with Lauren Daigle on Behind the Tunes from the Visible Music College Studios. Check her out at laurendaigle.com. Lauren, John Mays told me he signed you at his retreat. He didn't tell me the rest of the story. So <laughs> yes. I'll be discussing that with him later. That's that's a way better story. Than, Isn't that crazy? That's wild. Holy cow. Uh, Lauren, do you remember the first record you bought with your own money? Uh, Avril Lavigne. Oh, come obsessed. on with it. Really? I was a little punk kid. Like, I had the spike belts. All my friends were skateboarders. That was the scene I was in when I was a kid. All Blink-182. Yeah, Avril Lavigne was my first record I ever purchased, and I was hooked. She's so Very great, nice. though. She's great. But I was not ready for Avril Lavigne and Blink-182. So with that in mind, if you could open up for anybody, dead or alive, who would it be? Gosh. Okay. Well, there's two people. Okay. Just because I absolutely want to be her friend, I think her voice is just profound. It's I personally think it's one of the best voices of our generation. And she's a Memphis girl. Come on. So y'all might know her. Yep. Her name is Yeba. Do you know Yeba? Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but I know who it is. Yeah. Yeah. I love her voice. I think she's super profound. Um, okay, so who would I she would be one that I'd love to open for. And gosh, that is so tough. Um, <laughs> I think about these things all the time, like in my own time. Okay, right. another person. Do you know John Batiste? Yeah. yeah. He would be one. Probably like obscure people that you didn't. If I was going to select someone big, um, Oh, it doesn't have to be big. I know I don't want it to be big. Yeah. I want it to be who you want. I want it to yeah, be who that's you want. Who it, would be. Yeah. it would be Yeba and it'd be John Batiste. I All think right. John's playing his piano like it's mind bending. It's just he is such a savant and um I love his expression of joy into the world. It's just it's so beautiful. And he's a New Orleans guy, so there you go. We'll send Louisiana. some emails. We'll send some emails around <laughs> Memphis, Louisiana thing. We'll make it all happen. We'll make it all happen. Again, here with yeah. Lauren Daigle on Behind the Tunes, laurendaigle.com. Lauren, there are a few things like live music is one of the best things there is, but there's goofy stuff that happens along the way, too. Do you have a most embarrassing onstage moment that sticks out to you? Oh, okay. We talk about this on the, all the time because I don't get embarrassed easily. I can tell that. That's not, yeah. that's easily noticeable. It's really hard for me to get embarrassed. So I don't know if I have any really, do you know if I have any embarrassing moments? I don't know if I really have any embarrassing moments, but I'll say that I'll say this. The only time that I get embarrassed and this is so silly. It's actually silly. Is if I'm like, there's certain, this is going to sound really random, but there's certain songs that, this is going to be like... I can't wait. 
I can't wait. There's certain songs that I salivate more when I sing. <laughs> and I don't, I have yet to figure it out. I don't know if it's like where the song is in the set. I don't know if it's like bowel shapes that it's like hitting my saliva, like the glands or something. <laughs> but there, there's a, I don't know. But I salivate more. So the only time that I kind of get like, oh, nobody saw that right, is when I have to like swallow mid-note because I'm going to choke if I don't. That's the only time. But I'll say some fun things that have happened on stage. We've had the power go out yeah. like, on massive shows before yeah. where the breaker just blew or something. And we get to sing songs a cappella and the yeah. whole crowd enjoy. That's the that's, best. That's cool. There's definitely wardrobe malfunctions that have happened. As in, one time my entire shirt popped open. Oh, okay. Like a button, a button. <laughs> like I, I guess it wasn't. I didn't seal it all the way. I didn't put the loop over all the way. So when I opened my arms to sing, it was just like, <laughs> "Whoa, here's a free for all." And I get told in my in ears, "Hey, get off stage. Get off stage, Lauren. You have to walk off stage." And I'm like, what is going on? Like, is there a security threat? Like, they're like, here's a wardrobe issue. Get off stage. <laughs> so those are fun, though. I laugh at I think it's hilarious. I'm like, you can only try to make your life so perfect. It's just so boring. Why not just enjoy it while you can? I so, love that. I love yeah. it. Well, the saliva one's brand. That's a brand new one for me. And uh, I can't wait to keep my eyes open for this. Oh, like, it's like, you'll notice. I'm just gulping. Where, <laughs> where does this come from? I do not get it. One of them is ego. Like one of the songs that that hey, happens on is ego. It, yeah. It's like, I don't know if it's the go part, like that you're constantly. You sound like it's very guttural. Mm -hmm. That's what they call it in, in voice terms. It's a guttural sound. And so I'm like, I wonder if that is hitting some saliva glands. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we're gonna we're gonna be watching for the guttural saliva situation here with Lauren Daigle on Vine Tunes. Learn all about her at laurendaigle.com from the Visible Music God Studios. Lauren, like to end with a little rapid fire. You got your game face on? Yes, let's do it. Let's do this. What's your favorite junk food? Favorite junk food is boom chicka pop, sweet and salty. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Favorite the ice bag. the purple one. The favorite ice cream flavor, what you got? Um, first one that comes so many of them. One is brown butter almond brittle, and two is like classic mint chocolate chip. All right, that's fair. Can you name one of the seven dwarfs? Uh, Grumpy. If you had to change your first name, what would you change it to? Oh my gosh, fun story. This is gonna deviate from the rapid fire that's when fine. I was a kid. There were five other Laurens born on the exact same day in the exact same hospital on the exact same floor. And when I was eight years old, I told my mom, mom, every single day I would come home from school and be like, I have to change my name. I have to change my name. There's too many Laurens. This is like. write my name l-a-u-r-y-n just to try to be different for a second like in the middle of the school year my teacher was like lauren i noticed a name change here <laughs> so i always wanted to change my name ever since i was a kid um i feel like now i it is what it is so i don't really think about it as much um but 
I think it would probably be like, like Zoe maybe, or you know, something <laughs> like Zoe. No why? Yeah. Zoe, something along those lines. Love it. What color is your toothbrush? It is white. It's the Sonicare, the kind that goes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. In the. Never mind. Okay. In the movie about your life, the Lauren Daigle story, what actress would play you? Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, you've thought about that. That was easy for you. <laughs> I love her. You got a notebook somewhere? <laughs> uh, if you could be any Marvel character, who would it be? Oh, shoot. Now, this is where you get me because I don't know Marvel. I'm so lame. I don't either. I'm being honest with you. Okay, good. I'm like, what are, is Catwoman? I don't know. Yeah, we're going with Catwoman. I don't think that's no. one, but we're doing it. I don't, I'm not sure. All right. Wonder favorite Woman. Wonder Woman. Okay, I think she's one. All right, there we go. There we go. I asked that question, but I'm like, I'm not really sure. Sometimes you get some people on there and they give you one that's like, I don't even, I've never even heard of that. What are you talking about? Yes, what's your, what's your, what's your favorite board game? Oh, favorite board game. Gosh, I'm a card game junkie. Nice give, give it to me. Like, give it to me. Okay. It, there's this one. It's called Rook. And this other one is called The Game. Those are my okay. two favorite card games of all time. I'll Love. Google it. You have a time the machine game. for one day. When and where do you go? Time machine for one day. Um, I would go to like the Grecian coast. Oh. Cool. Favorite cartoon growing up? Uh, Tom and Jerry. Oh, classic. Classic. <laughs> Would 12-year-old Lauren think you're cool today? Um, I think 12-year-old Lauren would have liked me to turn out a bit more punk. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think 12-year-old Lauren would be really excited, though, because of singing. Yeah, where's your skateboard? And last but not least, something you hate that everyone else loves. Blue cheese! I oh. hate blue cheese. I blue cheese too. and gorgonzola. Everybody's like, I love my black and blue burger. I'm like, Ugh, I could just gag. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't.